Welcome, everyone. Our guest today is Ed Toner, Chief Information Officer for the State of Nebraska. Welcome to Ask the CIO SLED Edition, our state and local program, Ed. Thanks, John. Our theme for this series of interviews focuses on cybersecurity, compliance, risk and identity management, and access management. But, Ed, before we jump on compliance, risk, and ID and access management, I have to say outright that I'm sure the last few weeks have been hectic for you and your CIO colleagues across the country as a result of this coronavirus. Why don't you just take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about how you're working with Governor Pete Ricketts and what's Nebraska's latest update on the virus and your state's plan and reaction to the pandemic? Well, I think um, we're very much in sync with the other states and doing uh, several of the same things. Um, School closings, of course, and we're leaving that to the local at the local level to make those decisions uh, the state of nebraska itself is still we're still um, operating on a uh, come to work uh, basis uh, we are prepared to work from home our focus has really been always to be able to run the office of the cio from home without any interruption uh, we're very we have a high confidence level that we can obtain that we periodically uh, work from home um, at the current time anyway, as any IT team would. So we feel pretty good about that. We'll be able to keep the state up and running. The agencies have all gone through uh, continuation of operation planning for the last couple of years. Uh, And in fact, we annually uh, fill out scorecards and you get a rating from one to 10 and 10 being the best. Our office is a 10. Uh, We have done all the exercises and proven that we uh, we can definitely uh, run our organization without any interruptions. I believe all of the state cabinet agencies and most of the non-cabinet agencies have at least a score of eight or better, which means uh, they will be able to, to uh, work from home and continue to provide services to the constituents here in Nebraska. Every day, though, we, uh, we wonder, you know, what is going to be the next uh, foot to drop, of course. Uh, we do have uh, folks here in Nebraska, as with, from what I understand, every state that uh, have coronavirus in our area, and uh, we're watching those closely. And I think really things are changing hour by hour for sure. Um, the good news is that all the CIOs are communicating via email their plans. So I think uh, really all the states are uh, going to be very um, in sync in our response. And um, I think everyone's going to do a, a good job of uh, getting us through the next few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And like you said, it's uh, it's minute by minute, hour by hour. We're certainly seeing uh, new developments and never sure what the next shoe to drop is for sure. Now, let's focus on uh, compliance issues. It's been said that there's nothing certain in the world but uh, death and taxes. I think that government regulatory compliance issues may come in a close <laughs> third. There's currently uh, emerging federal and state government mandates that significantly affect not only cybersecurity, but many other compliance issues as well. What are some of these significant issues facing Nebraska? Well, we have all the federal mandates and local mandates, um, as any state has. You know, we've got PCI in our our, uh, environment. We've got CGIS. We've got all of the privacy laws to deal with. We've got the HHS. HIPAA laws, we've got 1075s uh, for IRS, uh, but we approach it just like we approached everything now at the state, and that's from a central location. Um, 
as you know, John, we consolidated the state a couple of years ago, and with that consolidation, we saw an opportunity that hadn't really, I don't believe, is uh, copied or used anywhere else. It's a fairly unique. When we consolidated, we looked at all of the compliance and security folks across the state, and we brought them into our organization. And what we did was we formed what's called a risk, risk mitigation and compliance team. And we brought in the HIPAA experts out of HHS, the IRS 1075s of uh, revenue. We brought in CGIS out of State Patrol. You name it, you know, PCI. All of the different folks who had those uh, that expertise and they were subject matter experts. And we put them all together. And then we added the security team to that group. And the value of that is that from an audit compliance side from the IT side, we now look at every agency that is getting audited. They have the full force of that group behind them. So uh, it doesn't matter whether it's revenue or, or banking or whoever. We've got all these experts in all these different areas. And the good news is that over the last couple of years, since they've been working with each other, of course, the HIPAA compliance guy is now, guy or gal is very, very knowledgeable in PCI or very, very knowledgeable in IRS 1075 or CGIS because they work every day together on that. And so we have a structure, we have a tool that actually monitors and does a workflow for all of our compliance uh, responses as far as any type of audit. They all get loaded into our tool. We go through, we document everything that we're doing or what we did. We learn then, that team learns from every audit as a group. And so instead of having that isolation of revenue, having an audit and having audit findings, and they're isolated to revenue, no, this team knows every single agency's um, audit findings. And often we've solved that problem uh, before it ever became another issue because as you know, once one team or one agency maybe fails an audit, we know exactly why, and we um, make sure that that doesn't occur in any of the other agencies. So we take a very centralized approach, but then the fix, so it, it may be a one-off, one agency got uh, an audit finding, but we make the fix to all agencies as far as any type of IT fixes that need to be uh, done. And of course, policy, we, we left policy people in the agencies so that they could um, uh, direct more of the business side, but we took all the IT, more of the specialists in the IT uh, onto this team. That team also ensures that the software and the hardware across the state is at the appropriate version levels, and they institute the, the procedures and policies for IT risk mitigation for the whole state. So again, it's a, um, a unique, uh, take. I don't know of anyone that's actually taken all of that and put it in one group. I can also say that it was probably one of the best accepted changes that uh, the state of Nebraska had. We get notes from the different agencies that say, you know, we've never gone through an audit as cleanly as this one and appreciate the fact that we have multiple people assisting in every single audit from your team. And so it, it, it has proven to be very effective, uh, but it's also proven to be uh, something that the agencies have become to value uh, as a service that we provide to them. 
Well, I think you're absolutely right. I've never never heard quite of any kind of consolidated compliance uh, review process like you've described, Ed. And certainly uh, it's an aggressive approach and one that probably makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you've got something that's traditionally a headache for uh, uh, any uh, government managers, if you will, state government managers, especially dealing with uh, federal compliance issues. Uh, but something like this can uh, can really turn it around and make it not only, uh, you know, kind of turning uh, turning it into lemonade, if you will, because you've got if you can uh, if you can get recommendations and make sure they're implemented across the uh, interagency basis, uh, it's, it's a win. So it's better for the way things operate. Good job. Thanks. Every single one of my employees in the office of the CIO have passed sieges compliance. They've all been fingerprinted that way. We never have that problem, right? And we often go to what um, regulation is the strictest, and then we just move everybody in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really don't have a lot of different layers, which is why, you know, we, we look at CGIS. That's one of the more restrictive regulations there are, and we make sure that everyone in our organization can pass that. And so no matter what happens to the data, whoever sees it, they're all CGIS compliant. Ed, what about uh, agencies that don't don't come under the executive branch of government? I, I'm thinking perhaps of the, the secretaries of states in so many states that are autonomous. Right. And when it comes to electives, how do you uh, how are you able to uh, uh, work together and complement and uh, and coordinate? I, I think you know that was one of the big things of consolidation. Our goal was to get just uh, the cabinet agencies, of which there was 21. Um, we currently have more than 60 that we manage, and we also manage uh, 86 of the 93 counties. We, we also manage the IT resources for the city here of, of Lincoln. So we kind of overshot, and one of the things that we overshot was things like uh, Public Service Commission. Uh, we totally manage their, uh, everything there, including all of their, their GIS data. Um, Secretary of State is actually managed by our office also, all of the IT uh, and we work with them, obviously, on, on security, uh, election security. Um, the only elected office that hasn't quite come into the office of the CIO is the treasurer and the legislature, of course, which will we'll always keep them separate. Mm-hmm. So we really treat them as we do all of our other, all the agencies, and we provide them the same level of protection and the same level of consultation from that audit group. So those are some of the things, you know, I've always talked about, you know, how did we do the consolidation in the state of Nebraska? And it was without a stick. It was with a carrot. And so the, what we did, obviously, was a, a good business case, and it's much lower cost, but sometimes that's not enough in the public sector. You have to give something else. And so, you know, I've always talked about the reliability of the two data center strategy and, and how we run two active data centers. But then we decided to continue that carrot approach with things like forming this group that will go in and assist. And this group is very effective in like PCI for the Secretary of State. Excuse me, Ed, let me just, uh, we'll have to take a short break. Our guest today is Ed Toner, Chief Information Officer for the state of Nebraska. You're listening to Ask the CIO Sled Edition on Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn. Welcome back to Ask the CIO Sled Edition on Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn, and my guest today is Ed Toner, Chief Information Officer at the State of Nebraska. Ed, before the break, you were saying how the consolidation 
that you implemented several years ago has had benefits that uh, that keep on coming. And tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I think, you know, one of the big benefits there is, you know, obviously um, when we consolidated, we we had a business case. We, we really focused on the savings from um, the consolidation. But then we also wanted to focus on reliability and availability, and that's our two data center structure. The third thing, though, is what kind of services can we provide that go beyond that? Um, and this centralized team that we have, the risk mitigation and compliance team, uh, to the Secretary of State in particular, as an example, which is a non-cabinet agency and elected official, uh, we work with them very, very closely. Um, a lot of PCI is one of their biggest um, issues because everything comes through their um, efforts as far as um, our online um, payments and things of that sort. So this team actually has uh, PCI compliance training, but we also have our own certified QSA, so Qualified uh, Security Accessor. And we're going to get more than one. Right now we started with one. We'll get a couple. And so we do all of that in-house. And if each agency had to pay for that, because almost every agency um, has some type of online transactions, which PCI would cover, um, that would be very costly. But the fact that they only pay for the services that we provide. Uh, they share those services. And so it's it's really a, another example of where we've used a carrot and not a stick to bring people in. Um, and they see the value, that, that added uh, value add that we are able to provide to them. So in other words, going through a PCI audit or something like that, having those uh, that QSA and, and we're going to we're going to have more than one. We're going to try and be at least two or three deep in every single audit uh, function uh, is really they, they see that as a, a bonus and they see that as a, a value add that this consolidation brought uh, to the table. And so we get a lot of non-cabinet agencies um, joining our ranks just to really get some of the um, other benefits that we actually provide. Shifting to identity and access management, Ed, I'd like to reflect on uh, on my introduction to this I- issue when I was CIO in Massachusetts, the problem the problem we had then was state data center employees accessing confidential databases. One case stands out. My first week on the job when uh, the perpetrator pulled up Austin Celtics Hall of Fame forward Larry Bird's tax returns. These issues are <laughs> substantially more sophisticated, challenging, expensive, and even dangerous now. Describe yeah. for us how the entire landscape of ID access management, identity and access management solutions for state employees has evolved over over time in your state. Well, identity and access management is is certainly um, part of the entire fabric of what we do. And here at the state of Nebraska, by being again, I, I keep going back to the centralization. Um, by being centralized, we can definitely limit. Um, any type of um, access, especially those with um, admin rights and things of that sort, to the groups that absolutely need it. You know, that's one of my big tenets is you always limit the number of um, users that really have access to databases and have that, that level of access to any type of PII or personal information. And um, we do that here by the fact that 
really getting into that data or getting an admin right uh, from an agency perspective is much more difficult uh, because we really manage that within our own team. And then we try to limit that the number of users that have access to that data to just really absolutely have to have access. We go through uh, a review of anyone who's requesting access uh, to ensure that it is appropriate and that that person really does have appropriate access. I think one of the things that we've concentrated here on is, again, going back to the value add theme. Um, we've automated, you can, when you hire a person at the state of Nebraska, uh, you put in a service request and it's an automated function. We get their laptop, their, their laptop or desktop, their account credentials, their username, password gets it to their uh, supervisor. All of that is automated within just literally a matter of, of, of minutes. Um, but then I think we're doing something unique in that we're also making it uh, so that when someone leaves the state, especially those with privileged access, um, but actually we treat them all the same, um, there's one central flaw in that when someone leaves the state and they're leaving the state from another agency, how do we know that that manager let us know to, to, to take that uh, access away, especially privileged access? Um, and we don't. We're not guaranteed. But the one thing we are guaranteed is there's a nexus, and that's at HR. Um, and so we're working very diligently with the HR group so that when someone leaves the state, they literally push a button, answer a few questions, and then we do the opposite of our auto where we auto uh, provision accounts. We auto delete accounts. Um, so that we know exactly what that individual had and we take those uh, accounts away. Uh, again, that comes out of that centralized audit group who saw that access control was a, you know, was a critical issue and that there is a gap there when you're leaving it to the manager. And we found that uh, the one point that everyone, that everyone is going to go through is HR for their last paycheck. So we're actually putting it in the hands of HR to um, make sure that they take those, one of their exit steps is um, literally push this button, tell us who it is, and we'll disable everything. Very interesting, uh, your description of particularly how you were dealing with uh, agencies outside, outside of your own in determining uh, identity access management rules and rules, as you will. Um, and also you mentioned before, and I've always remembered this in previous interviews, your data center, uh, your data center is basically the data center of choice in Nebraska. I think you mentioned you've got 86 of 96 counties that you're actually uh, serving as a data processing headquarters for, uh, and a number of different yep. uh, lo local governments as well. Tell me how that process works. You know, it's always, uh, you know, it's one thing one thing to, to put down some standards and rules uh, for your own team and for your other agencies, but. How do you deal with this when you're dealing with uh, the other governments outside of uh, outside of the state itself? Well, we we have a um, an agreement that we sign with each one of them, and that agreement sets out exactly our standards. And if you want to join our group, you know, essentially, it's if you want in the club, here's our here's how we uh, manage. We'll manage your resources, and so. We have an MOU for every single group, including the cabinet, 
um, agencies. So each one of them uh, has the opportunity to sign or not sign that, that agreement. And um, we haven't had any problems with that. I think letting them know exactly up front exactly what we require um, really keeps everything on a on a nice even keel. They're not surprised by anything. Um, so and I think a lot of them uh, really are relieved by saying, "Okay, you're doing uh, you're going to be doing all of these different things for us, and you've done a good job of setting up what what are you required." Uh, and you know what are you accountable for versus what we're accountable for, and we and we it's very much like a, a Six Sigma racy. We make sure that they understand what they're going to be accountable for and what we're going to be accountable for. Um, if they want anything additional, then we can we can write that into um, the the agreement. Uh, and I would think though the process you described for uh, state employees that leave. It might be a little more challenging for the local government employees that leave. Yes. Now that that one we don't um, we don't since we do not onboard the local government, then they they have their own processes, and that's spelled out in the agreement with them. Um, so the counties uh, we maintain all of their equipment. We uh, everything is done here as far as their IT needs. It's very much like just a managed service for them, um, but. Uh, their onboarding or offboarding is really part of their own um, um, processes. I see. But the fact that when they come into our data center, uh, they really lost their privileged access. That uh-huh. last step into production is limit is eliminated. Um, it does cause issues sometimes uh, when they do need to install a new upgrade or something like that. We do a process where they call into our service desk. That individual that's doing the work is given a limited, timed, uh, privileged access. They install it, or we install it via the service desk, and then that access is taken away. I see. I see. So we don't really worry about – no one outside of our group has privileged access, so they can't get into the production environment. Uh, And we do that for multiple things. We we like to scan code before we push it to production, which is a best practice. Ed, I want to thank you for being on the show. We're going to have to close with that. Uh, Ed Toner is our guest, our Chief Information Officer for the State of Nebraska. Ed, thanks for taking the time to be with us. I really appreciate it. You bet. I always enjoy talking with you, John. And thank all of you for listening. Content from the state and local program, which also includes curated news and original articles by yours truly and other more esteemed authors, is part of the recently expanded AskTheCIO.com. Hope you can join us again each Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time or listen to a podcast afterwards. Until then, bye for now. I'm John Thomas Flynn.